Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle, and you know us. We're that friendly HR analytics dashboard that's helping you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. We know too many of you are using so many disconnected systems that the only way you can pull all your data together is the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process of pulling together terrible and messy spreadsheets. You're always scratching your head. There has to be a better way to pull this data together so I can visualize it and analyze it and truly understand data-driven insights across my workforce. Well, that's why we created Employee Cycle, an HR analytics dashboard with pre-built integrations across the most popular HR systems so you can automatically pull in all your data to view, share, track, and analyze a source of HR truth in one place. To learn more how we can help, go to EmployeeCycle.com so we can give you a demo to explore how we can partner and make you more data-driven. But that's enough about us because we have an awesome guest on the show today. So please help me welcome Daniel Choi. He's the SVP of People at Slick Deals. And today we're going to discuss why fully flexible work should be a choose-your-own-adventure experience. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Daniel, welcome! (laughs) So, Daniel, we always like to kick this thing off with the same question, which is, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Wow. Start off with the, the hardest question. Oof. You know, for me, uh, you know, I grew up playing sports uh, and then eventually, you know, started actually uh, coaching basketball as well. And, you know, what I enjoyed about coaching basketball was having individuals with different backgrounds, different experiences, different skill sets, and how do you form into teams? And interesting enough, you know, the world of HR isn't any different. You're working with business leaders to build high-performing organizations, and then you can break it down into sub-teams, you know, throughout. And, and you're really focusing on, hey, you know, what skill sets do we need? What capabilities do we need for the future? You know, how do we structure this that makes sense and we're optimal? And so, you know, that that's how I got into HR. I kind of feel like it, it, it it's very similar to to coaching sports. And so it also keeps me on my toes because I obviously enjoy playing sports and coaching sports as well. So, uh, yeah, that's how I got into HR and, and I, I really enjoy kind of, you know, how you can kind of go back and forth and think about it in, in two different ways. Awesome. And we really appreciate that background and context. So Daniel, today we're talking about this fully flexible work. Everybody's talking about hybrid versus in-person, versus work-life balance, work versus work-life blend, and all of these buzz terms that we love to talk about in HR. And so before we really dig into the topic, I would like for you to give your own definition to our audience regarding what is fully flexible work. Yeah, uh, fully flexible you know, work to our organization is what environment, what place, what situation gets the very best out of you. And when we get the very best out of you, we know we'll get the very best work out of you as well. Um, and what we've learned is during the pandemic, uh, when you know many individuals were uh, working remotely, we really didn't know where they were working from, what location or where they were situated. You didn't know any of that stuff, but we knew that great work was being done. And so obviously, when it came time to kind of deciding, you know, 
the best path for the organization, we realized all we care about is getting the very best version out of our employees. And so we felt like being fully flexible was the best option for us. And when it comes to fully flexible work, what does that exactly mean? Because a lot of people are describing fully flexible as you can come into the office when you want, or you have unlimited PTO, or you can make your own hours as long as you get your work done. But what exactly does that mean? And how did you communicate that to your workforce? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, like I told you, we, we've kind of looked at the past behaviors in the last two years. And what we realized is it doesn't matter, you know, the time of day, where you're located, as long as you're aligned with your team on expectations. Um, and so for us, we realized regardless of time zone, regions, all that stuff, it, it was actually irrelevant. And it, what, what it did was it gave them more empowerment uh, to the employees to make you know, grown-up decisions, but also, again, to, to work in the confines of just expectations with your team and your manager and the leader of the organization. And so you know, to us, the fully flexible is, is do what works for you, right? Do what makes you happy. Do what gets the best out of you. And when you have that kind of a la carte option, it's kind of scary in the beginning because employees are asking, well, wait, can I do this? Well, can I do that? Well, can I do this? Well, can I do that? And my answer is, if it works for you and it gets the best out of you and you're engaged and you're productive, then go do it. And no one's going to question it. And so it's giving a lot more autonomy and empowerment to the employees to make, you know, uh, as we'd say, just, you know, grown up, mature decisions. Um, and we, we hope that, again, uh, they're happy and they're satisfied and it just gets the best out of them as well. I really like that empowering your employees to have not only the autonomy, but the opportunity to hold themselves accountable and self-police, knowing that they're professionals, they know the difference between right and wrong. That's awesome. But in regards to giving this fully flexible experience, what were those different a la carte options that you had? And how did you put guardrails around them if you put guardrails around them at all? Yeah, you know, we, we thought about a lot of different ways of communicating this. And what we basically said was, you know, we never questioned anybody during the pandemic. Uh, we didn't. And, you know, what we learned along the way was if we're going to start putting some guardrails or guiding principles, then there might be, there might be questions around, wait, is this a big brother thing? Is this a micromanagement thing? Is this a policy thing? And what we realized is let's not do that. Let's, let's figure it out along the way. Cause that's what we did during the pandemic. We just kept pivoting. Um, and we made adjustments along uh, the journey that we had to go through. And so uh, for, for us as an organization, we explained to them anytime, anywhere, wherever, uh, regardless of region, time zone, you know, you could work from your car, you can work from the beach, you can work, you know, outside in the sun, it, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, just do it. And don't let your teammates down and, and align on expectations on that piece. And so uh, we actually just kind of kept it open. And obviously, when you keep it open, there's there seems to be a little bit of ambiguity and people might ask some questions and we'll just basically say, do what works you know, for you. And it, it seems very simple, but at times a little scary because some people do want more clarity. But we felt that 
in the pandemic, we were we didn't give that type of clarity because we didn't know how things would operate, you know, the very next day or the next week. And so we just kept it as is. So the way we communicated was fully flexible all the time. Uh, and you know, do your best work wherever you want to and whenever you want to as well. That's so interesting and cool at the same time. So as I think about this choose your own adventure experience that you're providing employees, I'm curious, have there been any issues come up yet where because everyone's working in such a flexible environment that it's hard to schedule meetings or it's hard to find one time when everyone is available or because of the nature of how everyone works in a team, they kind of just figure it out and it all works. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting, you know, question. And, you know, we've kind of played out these scenarios as well. We we currently have a dispersed organization uh, throughout the country, but we primarily are based out of the West Coast. And so we operate in West Coast, you know, working hours. But even before the pandemic, we've had you know, employees in the East Coast, you know, align just on expectations on, hey, this is when I'm on, this is when I'm going to be offline, this is where I can really, you know, commit to meetings as well. And, you know, even during the pandemic, people decided to go to, you know, various countries as well. Um, And they were able to, again, just align with expectations with their teams and their managers, and anybody that they had touch points with, you know, throughout the week and just say, hey, like, this is what I can do. This is what I can't commit to. And as long as there's alignment around it, uh, I don't think people would be surprised on disappearing acts. I would say, again, uh, from our experience as an organization, we haven't had uh, situations where people you know, weren't working and they didn't do their job. And, and that's why we actually you know, committed to this, because you know, behind the scenes, we, we did play out all these different scenarios, we played the pros and cons. We obviously looked at the big tech companies and what they were doing and why they were doing it uh, as well. Um, but, you know, more importantly, we realized, you know, other other companies decide what to do because it's best for them and their culture. For us, we realize this is what's best for us. And when we actually made the announcement, uh, the feedback was extremely positive and we wanted to make sure that it stuck too. And so every single week we did kind of a bottoms up feedback uh, and ask the leaders of, you know, any questions or concerns. And, you know, more often than not, the feedback was extremely positive. Obviously, like I mentioned before, they were just really like poignant questions of like, am I able to do this or am I able to do that? Does that mean I can work from here? And the answer is like, yes, yes, and yes, uh, too. And so um, it does empower employees, but it also requires, you know, managers uh, to make sure that they feel safe in the sense that they can make those types of decisions, there isn't a sense of micromanaging or big brothering. Uh, and I think, you know, for the time being, we're doing a pretty darn good job. But of course, you know, along the journey, we'll, we'll make adjustments uh, if we need to. That's awesome. And you definitely have this well thought out. I'm curious, have you hired any new employees after you adopted this fully flexible workflow? And if so, I'm curious how they responded to this were they yeah <laughs> were they were they hesitant were they skeptical what did that look like and how did they get to a point where they were able to fully embrace this without feeling like they're going to get fired if they actually do it yeah um you know even before we made this decision candidates asked the question you know is is the company fully remote is the company hybrid is the company going to be in, in office and we didn't have a good answer cuz 
we essentially were like, we're trying to figure this out along the way. So we did use the word flexible. We just didn't define it. Uh, and that was the best answer we can give at that time. And unfortunately, some you know candidates just backed out because obviously other you know organizations were offering you know uh, different opportunities uh, for them. And so when we did announce this, and obviously our talent acquisition team articulates this, um, it, it the, the 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 reception is very very positive. And you know for us, I think it's a great recruiting tool. Too, and what we've learned is it works for us. So it's not like we haven't, you know, tested that out. What we did is we actually tested that out during the pandemic, and we realized, like, why should we change, you know, anything? We're just going to make it official, but really kind of go into a little bit more detail of what that actually means. And you know, when we did announcement, it was, you know, it was very positive inside the organization. But for right now, when we actually reach out to candidates or when they apply. Through our applicant tracking system, we connect with them and we explain to them, you know, our fully flexible, you know, universe. Uh, people are pretty excited. That's awesome. Last question here, Daniel. For our audience members that are thinking about implementing a similar workforce experience, but they want to make sure that they're avoiding as many potholes or potential issues in getting this up and running. Can you share some of the things that anyone who wants to do the same thing should be thinking about in order to make sure that they have the best strategy to come up with this experience, but then are also rolling it out the best way possible? Yeah. You know, I think the one thing you have to really kind of think about big picture is the culture that you believe in and and you have to have solid conviction around it because obviously the culture sets standards and sets behaviors as well. Now, depending upon industry too, it might not necessarily work for every single employee, right? You know, if you're in the healthcare industry, it might not necessarily work for frontline workers. It's just not there. Perhaps there's, you know, uh, some type of, you know, agility around that, but I'm not too familiar with the day-to-day operations of that space. But obviously in the tech space, uh, we realize that, you know, in order to compete, but also that aligns with our culture, uh, this will work. Um, and, you know, if it doesn't, we will pivot. We're just not going to pull the rug either. From a change management piece, you know, one of the things that we did was from an internal comp standpoint is, is really kind of do this drip method of how we wanted to communicate this. So it wasn't just like this one big bang type thing. Uh, what we did was we announced it, but then we constantly reiterated it as well and then made sure that we had change agents inside your organization our change agents were actually the members of our leadership team because uh, you know behind the scenes you know we had we played out every scenario we had discussions and you know you can say we disagree and committed in various you know uh, scenarios but we aligned and once we aligned we committed to that and then they were actually the ambassadors downward to their respective organizations so it's very very critical that you have a communication strategy inside your organization, the benefits of it, uh, and explain that very clearly, but also make sure that you do have those agents and ambassadors too. So it's not just a, a people push and then that's it. You need to have other advocates inside the organization uh, do it, but also be a great role model for it as well. Uh, and so far, you know, we found everything to be positive up to this point. You know, who knows? You may have the 1% by not necessarily, you know, align perfectly with what you're trying to do. 
But, you know, what you don't want to do is punish the 99% for what the 1% do. You can always address those on the side, but you want to make sure that this is best for your organization. It fits culturally. And I think that's pretty, that's pretty important in the end. Great way to close out the show, Daniel. Thank you so much for dropping all your gems and wisdom around this topic that's so important to so many workforces out there, really trying to figure out the best way to provide the best experience possible so that employees are empowered, they feel connected to their company, and ultimately they're able to perform. So we really appreciate you being on the Employee Cycle Podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Awesome. So where can people find you and Slick Deals online? Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, you can go to our website, slickdeals.net, and you can you know, surf our platform and find the best deals. And we help savvy shoppers when it's shopping. And so feel free to you know, go in there and, and you know, explore uh, the best deals uh, on the internet. And obviously, if you're interested in a, a career opportunity, just you know, look for the career section and you know, feel free to apply for a job that fits you know, your background and experiences. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all that info in the show notes. So for everyone out there that enjoyed this episode as much as Daniel and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on Google Reviews, iTunes, anywhere where you can leave a review. We would appreciate that. Also, if this is your very first time listening to the Employee Cycle Podcast, and now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.